For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And I forgot that doesn't happen with like every show. Hi friends, welcome back to my channel. My name is Ashley Ariana. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Rohan. Um, I know that we got some NFL football on this Saturday, so I hope everyone ha is having a good time. We're um, going to talk about the upcoming Cardinals game and some comments made by Cam Newton and some former players and also by Trevor's Ward. So that's what we got going on. Feel free to uh, engage in the comments and stuff. I know usually the Saturday shows are a little bit more relaxed. So how are you doing, Rohan? What are you I'm doing? Yeah, doing good. I mean, like you said, it's football Saturday, uh, which is an interesting thing. I usually get football Saturday in a different way with college, but this week, no college. It's NFL instead. And so, yeah, doing good. Uh, going, uh, you know, going through the motions and excited for tomorrow's game. I don't know why, but this is like weirdly colored. So I just need everyone to know it's not pee. It's um, my doctor told me to like drink apple cider vinegar before my meals, but it's so gross. And apparently you're not allowed to like Ugh. take it in shot form. Like, cause that's what I used to do. You just like kind of chug it super quick, but I guess that's bad for you. Just like sip it slowly and it's so bad. So I put like this much in it, but it made this water look weird. And I just got really insecure about it. Um, hey, Rohan, speaking of people who aren't insecure, Brock Purdy, he for sure has like an all shucks mentality kind of at the podium, but on the field, he's full of confidence. He's, maybe even a little bit arrogant with some of his throws. I think his teammates absolutely love it. They really um, get behind that mentality. And earlier this week, he was asked if he considers himself a game manager. And because in the press conference, he's kind of all shucks, he was like, oh, you know, said the perfect thing. And was like, I'm just happy to be here. I'm going to let my play do the talking. You know, when it's all said and done, we can revisit that conversation. But Rockford kind of has a pattern of when he's asked about things that he doesn't like in the press conference. For example, hey, you didn't throw deep. And then the next person comes out and throws the ball deep. Do, that. do you think that we'll see a more motivated Brock Purdy in this next game? And do you think he's worthy of being in that MVP conversation? Yeah, to me, MVP is, well, I'll, I'll start with the first portion before the MVP. I think this week, I don't think there's too much of a difference. I mean, you talk about the Arizona Cardinals. This is a team the 49ers faced earlier in the year. Really cooked them offensively. They scored, I believe, 35 points, 135-16 earlier in the year. That was with Josh Dobbs at the helm. This time it's Kyler Murray at the helm. But the Cardinals, not one of the best teams in the NFL. And you look at their defense and you see matchups that the 49ers can exploit, both on the ground and in the air. You've also seen Brock Purdy continue to grow as the season goes along, specifically following the bye week. You know, you're seeing a couple of uh, strong weeks put together and things like that. And so I, I do think that you're going to see a confident Brock Purdy, especially when he's going back to his home state and playing in that arena, I believe, for the first time in his career. And so that'll be another cool aspect for Brock Purdy. Uh, excited to see how that game kind of goes along. And then as for the MVP conversation, to me, MVP is an interesting thing. Think about that because he did say he had his he got his family um, and some close friends tickets, but he also said he knows a lot of people that are getting themselves tickets to go. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of one of Arizona's you know finest probably in the NFL at the moment. But MVP conversation, I think when you talk about it, um, MVP to me is an intriguing or intriguing award because what is it based on? It's based on someone's resume over an entire course of the season. It's also based on how well their team performed and how impactful they were to their team's success. So basing on those aspects, right? Well, look at Brock Purdy's statistics. He plays the most important position and he's top five in several important statistical categories. I mean, miles ahead in yards. Per he's attempt. like number one in like all of them. Yeah. He's number one in a good portion, right? I mean, top five, uh, I'm just saying that, you know, just cause, but number one in yards per attempt by a mile. I mean, he, he, 
you know, when you look at the numbers, you look at the success for the team, you can understand why you're putting Brock Purdy in the conversation. I mean, if you're talking about quarterback specifically, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, probably maybe even Patrick Mahomes in there. I think, you know, you, you see a trend and I think why are people not giving Brock the, uh, the MVP that question? Uh, well, first, actually, I want to hear your thoughts on it and then I'll answer that. Just really quick, I wanted to, because I'm so, I'm usually not a numbers girl, but I found this like statistic pretty interesting. And while you're talking about being number one in categories, when I was uh, looking up for this upcoming game and trying to see, okay, like where would Arizona have any sort of chance? Um, and I was looking into Brock Purdy has a lower passer or yeah, lower passer rating when he's away versus at home by like a lot. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, that could be concerning. And then I was looking at it, and Brock Purdy, not only is he 7-0 against the NFC um, West, but also his passer rating goes from, like, 140-something to 106, which is still, like, number one by far. Like, like even in his own category where he's, like, you're like, okay, that's, like, a 40-point difference. That's, like, a really big deal and bad. He Even his bad, quote-unquote bad, is, like, miles ahead of the next good guy which is just so impressive um why is he not i i mean to be fair i is it and and maybe this is wrong but i think it it all comes down to draft status um just because i can't see if brock purdy was drafted you know if not to bring up trey lance but just to like set up the argument if this was the number three overall pick and people had expectations that he was going to perform well if trevor lawrence was putting up brock purdy's numbers i don't think it would be a question between him and Dak, just because the story would be like you know this franchise went out and they got this guy now he's you know everyone thought he was going to be top three you know a really great quarterback and now he's performing like a really great quarterback that kind of confirmation bias i think would like propel brock purdy to be obviously the MVP, where I think he still gets a lot of detractors. And they, I understand their arguments, and, and we'll get into Cam Newton's comments later, but I understand the comments of having an excellent coach, having playmakers, yak, all that. But I think people have done a really great job at breaking down that just last year, Patrick Mahomes had more yards after the catch than Brock Purdy has now. For the last five MVPs, uh, the quarterbacks have actually had a higher uh, yak percentage than Brock Purdy has now, even though Brock Purdy is slightly a higher than average, it seems that any quarterback that is performing this well and getting these statistics that is then considered for the MVP also has really great playmakers around him. Same thing when we're talking about last year, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, I, I mean, I think a lot of people would say he's better, you know, or just as good as Kyle Shanahan. And those things don't take away from Patrick Mahomes's talent or his MVP case. Now, maybe it's just because when you're watching the game, he really stands out. But I would say a lot of people aren't watching 49ers game this year because when you're watching the 49ers game, I think Brock Purdy stands out as an excellent playmaker. I think he's been utilizing his legs. I think a lot of times the pocket will break down. He'll scramble, get a throw off, down, you know, throwing down the field. I think potentially people are seeing what he did last year when they already were like, okay, who is this guy? He's, you know, the last pick. This has to be the system. And maybe using previous games as a way to uh, confirm what they already thought. Because I think if you've watched him this year, you've seen him grow and he is a pivotal point of why this team is successful. And if it's an, if the MVP award quarterbacks, the most valuable position, what's the best team in the NFL 49ers to me, it, it's shouldn't be that shouldn't be that um, difficult of an argument. And I think that a lot of the pushback is simply because of his draft status and people not really wanting to be wrong and waiting for that shoe to drop. Cool take. I mean, um, I, I think that that's an intriguing point. My take is a little different, but on a similar landscape that you do see people you know, trying to kind of diminish it. Uh, Brock Purdy's kind of skills and things like that are really his accomplishments because the MVP award isn't necessarily like the most skilled player. It's just who was the most valuable player of their team playing the most valuable position this past it's season. It's not even that, right? It's like quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it, MVP is pretty much quarterback. You don't really see the offensive player of the year is what you see skill position players win defense for any defensive player. But 
On the quarterback outlook, I think there are two key reasons why Brock Purdy probably doesn't get uh, you know, the recognition that he deserves in the MVP race. One, it's because of his teammate, Christian McCaffrey, who I think is the 49ers MVP right now. If you were going to put it on offense, I think that Christian McCaffrey has the better argument um, personally, just because I think he provides the biggest, if you're talking about most valuable, I think he provides the biggest impact for the 49ers offensively as a skill position player or as a quarterback. Go ahead. Can I ask you? So I, I feel like you and I maybe even had a stream where, and I was on this level. I was <laughs> like, Christian McCaffrey is MVP of the 49ers. I think even at one point, Kyle Shanahan, said that he thought Christian McCaffrey was MVP of the team. But the last two weeks, I felt like the emergence of Debo Samuel kind of took away from uh, Christian McCaffrey's, like, case. In the same way that if it was, like, if you're looking at the league, if all of a sudden Josh Allen, like, went the hell off, that would take away from Rock Purdy's case. To me, Debo Samuel going off, it kind of – I was like, okay, like, I think in the last two games, Debo has been the most impactful player. And if you're going to give it to a running back who already has a le- least – a less valuable position to me he would have to far and you know by far be the best player on the team every single week he couldn't have multiple weeks where he wasn't the standout player and so because Debo emerged I'm like okay that kind of takes away from Chris McCaffrey but Debo's not you know if you look at the season he's definitely not so then that to me built Brock Purdy's case more because you're like okay well who's giving him giving them the ball it's it's him so did the emergence of Debo change your opinion or do you still think that even in the last couple of games, maybe Debo statistically went off, but that was because of the stuff that uh, Christian McCaffrey opened up. Because I know when you look at that Eagles game, to me, I'm like, this was a clear Debo game. Uh, James Bradbury, maybe just because he was being shady or maybe he was being honest after the game, said that the reason the 49ers were so successful was because of Christian McCaffrey. Even though when you just look at statistically, that was a bigger Debo game. When when asked why was that game so difficult, why did you lose? James Bradbury said it all comes down to Chris McCaffrey and how he affects our game plan. So I, I, I think that's so- I mean that's absolutely the reason why. Um, dating back to when Christian McCaffrey joins the field, it's not just what Christian McCaffrey puts up statistically, and this is probably where I differ from other. If I was an MVP voter, I'd differ from others in that I'm talking about who I believe provides the most value to their team in that sense. Now, I understand it's a quarterback type of position, and I actually agree that Purdy probably has the higher odds than McCaffrey to win the award, given the quarterback value to the position. But when you talk about most valuable to me, when you look at the way defenses react to Christian McCaffrey in both aspects of the field, you understand how he makes this offense move. Uh, You know, in, in the receiving game, where Christian McCaffrey arguably makes his bigger impact, you see how deep defenders gravitate to him. And that's what allows these different seams between the second and third levels to open up for other opportunities because you see the way that defense is trying to approach McCaffrey. Am I saying this happens on every play? No, but it happens, you know, uh, when you when you see it, there are certain trends that you see continuing to happen because you can't just allow Christian McCaffrey to get open underneath or, you know, in the short intermediate range of the field. That's something that teams just don't allow, understanding what McCaffrey can do, turning, you know, a three-yard play into a 40-yard play. Now, I understand your point. Debo Samuel has turned it up. Since his injury, since coming back from the bye week, Debo Samuel has been elite. He has been to his 2021 levels, potentially even more. His explosiveness looks returned. It looks like it's returned, things like that. He looks really good. And so when you have three really good, or sorry, four really good weapons, I can understand the diminished value of one, especially when you don't play the quarterback position. But the reason that I go with McCaffrey is just because of the way that he kind of well, defenses gravitate to him. And when you hear other defenders, like you said, James Bradbury, say what they believe about the 49ers offense, a lot of them will point to the way McCaffrey gravitates that offense as the reason kind of for their success. I like that. I, I wonder, I wish you could give Kyle Shanahan true serum because in the press conference, he was originally, he was asked about Chris McCaffrey's case and he like went off and gave like kind of a whole little speech about how he thought that uh, Christian McCaffrey deserved to be in the MVP conversation. And I want to say that was 
at the very least two weeks ago now. But then this week he was re-asked about it, but he was asked about Chris McCaffrey and Brock Purdy. And then he was like, well, I don't want to get myself in trouble because both of these guys are on my team. But then he did, he kind of did what you just did, where he talked about all the value that Christian McCaffrey brings to the team in ways like, and he talked about not only all of his production, but in the, all the ways that you don't see in the way that he opens up every player on the field in the way that he allows Brock Purdy to be successful. And then he was like, but the MVP award is, you know, usually goes to a quarterback. And if you're looking statistically, then Brock Purdy kind of deserves it. And it's just kind of funny, like the amount of time he spent kind of making each player's case. Um, I did feel like he gave Christian McCaffrey a little bit of a nod right there, even though he kind of tried not to. Like he was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, favor one over the other. But um, No, yeah. I mean, and I do I have like it's like do I care if one or the other wins it? No, no, I, I don't think anybody would really care. I think that both have yeah, very valuable arguments to give it. The reason that I brought that up is because I'm trying to imagine why other people are not going with Brock Purdy as the MVP. I think that that's one of the reasons. The second reason is I don't, I, I just think that they see all the weapons around him. And then they value that compared to other offenses and believe that Brock Purdy is being uplifted by his system and his weapons, which I think now has become more of a fallacy argument. But I still think that's the belief of some. Whereas if you look at other, uh, you know, other. Wouldn't that kind no, of I know. being valuable? Because he's cheaper. Like the reason that they can do that is because. Uh, that's, I don't think that they put contracts in um, to, to most valuables. So uh, like it, it might be valuable to the team, but player in the NFL, I think that's different. And so that's, I'm just trying to see why other people may not. Because when you compare him to potentially the other three that I mentioned as potential MVP candidates, Dak Prescott probably has the best weapons because he's got a really good wide receiver one in C.D. Lamb. He's got some solid uh, weapons outside of that, but still doesn't compare to the 49ers. You talk about the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, Lamar Jackson, his weapons, Zay Flowers, you know, Mark Andrews is out. So it's safe flowers, Odell Beckham. I don't think that those guys compare to what the 49ers have at all. And then obviously Kansas city, it's Travis Kelsey. And then a bunch of players who have, you know, have the potential to play well, but it's a bunch of unproven weapons. Yeah. I mean, Rashi Rice is kind of breaking out, but it's unproven weapons there. So that's kind of, I think the argument people might go to if the race is close between some of these guys to where you pick one over the other. I, I agree with that. I wanted to, I feel like we should give the injury updates now, and then we're going to dive deeper into the Brock Purdy debate by touching on what Cam Newton said. But um, I thought it would be good to say that Eric Armstead and Javon Hardgrave have been ruled out for this game. So that is going to be like a difference in that middle. Um, Kinlaw will be... Um, substituting in their starting now he did really good last game but do you think that that will maybe not against this Arizona team because I'm not super afraid of them but do you think that long term like that they'll be back for the Ravens game or will that be a huge um miss with both of those because both of those players are crazy impact impactful for this defense no I mean I think they're definitely like losses it's a pretty clear distinction when you talk about two of your top defensive players. I think Javon Hargrave has been underrated. I mean, Eric Armstead's been underrated his whole career, but Javon Hargrave's like had a pretty solid – yeah. I think both of them have complemented each other pretty darn well overall. And so to lose not just one but both of them, I think that that's, uh, you know, that's going to be a pretty, pretty big thing for the 49ers. And it now places the onus on – Guys like Javon Kinlaw, I'm expecting Kevin Givens to probably... Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Earn the start a defensive tackle, but it's a lot of younger players, right? Yeah. And it's not like they haven't seen playing time, but you're going to have a rotation with those guys, which kind of puts more of an onus on the outside guys because the outside guys likely get double more often now. 
you know, when you're going up against that type of matchup. And so I think that, you know, it, it definitely, your, your defense gets, you know, it, it's, we, uh, sorry, it's diminished a little bit now, but I think a challenge that the 49 probably will still look to, to, you know, look to try and accomplish. And also more importantly, I think when you talk about the defensive line in a game like this, I think the number one thing they're going to look at isn't going to get sacks. Maybe I mean it's going to get pressure, but yes. not necessarily sacks. Contain Tyler Murray exactly. Completely agree. And a big way that they're also going to do that is if the coverage is working well. And right now, Traverse Ward is still questionable. I wonder if I I don't want to look over the Cardinals, but I would kind of maybe even suggest letting him rest because those groin injuries can be, you know, depending on how how bad you tweak them, they can be like three weeks, but they're also soft tissue injuries. So I feel like even if you feel a lot of better, just like a little nick can kind of re-aggravate it. And I do, may, maybe it's like fan bias in me. I do think that the 49ers are going to beat the Cardinals and, and cover that 12-point spread pretty easily. Um, and and Ambry Thomas and Lenore did a really good job. I know Isaiah Oliver has really struggled in the past, but last game they didn't do terrible without – uh, Traverse Ward in there. So I, I would potentially consider sitting him even if he feels like he could push it and go. It seems like last week they kind of like anyone who could go would go. And and I wonder if this week they're kind of trying to save up. and Because in my opinion, the most important thing is having these guys healthy for the playoffs. Do you think that sitting a guy like Traverse Ward would be uh, unreasonable or something that you shouldn't do against the Cardinals? And then also, just to get the rest of the injury updates, Aaron Banks and Dre Greenlaw were back out at practice on Friday. So it looks like they're good to go. Yeah. Um, uh, when you talk about most important games, the 49ers, it's very clear what the most important game on the schedule is for the 49ers. It's Week 16 against Baltimore. I ultimately think that's the game that not only decides really who the Super Bowl favorite is, but it also decides who gets the one seed in the NFC. Philly, I think, is going to win out. They have a fairly easy schedule. Seattle is their really their main challenge because I believe they face Arizona um, as well uh, down the stretch. So you talk about this week, they face Seattle, I believe, on Monday Night Football. Uh, this is on the road too, but I expect Seattle to lose that one. And then Philly's got matchups with the Giants twice and Arizona once. I think they win out, which means... Like Spin it out now. Yeah, but uh, I I think that this is the perfect way for them to get back on track. That means they'll end the season, in my opinion, 14-3. and 49ers already have three losses. You lose one more. If Philly wins out, they get the one seed. You don't, because I also expect Dallas to lose one game. They've got three really tough matchups. They've got Buffalo. They've got the Chargers, and they've got, I believe, uh, well, the Chargers aren't really that tough anymore, but they got Buffalo and Detroit. You probably expect them to lose one more of those. So I think week 16 is very important and you don't want to overlook the Arizona Cardinals, but I think you do want to also prioritize the rest of your players to get them ready for the playoffs. More importantly, also for week 16. So I wouldn't be surprised if Traverius Ward potentially sits out. Do I expect that? No, I think Ward is going to play. If he gets injured in the game and they feel like they, they, they he deserves the rest after that, they can go for it because Ward suits up. He he suits up for nearly every yeah, game. He he might get injured in the game. We've seen that on a couple of occasions, and that's why I pre- I preached cornerback depth in the beginning of the year. But he'll suit up, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ward plays at all. I think he I expect him to. Um, this kind of maybe I can ask you. I did hear Traveris Ward on. He went on Eric Armstead's podcast, and he considers himself a top. Five, I think he said, cornerback in the NFL right now. He, um, I really enjoyed that podcast. They talked a lot about their children and their mindset and how much uh, becoming dads to them helped them become better football players. Um, Traveris Ward did make a little sly comment about Jimmy Garoppolo. Did you see that? It was kind of viral on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. The Chiefs game plan was to make uh, Jimmy. It was also kind of a slight at Kyle Shanahan because he was like, yeah, like they were doing a good job. And then, I don't know, Kyle lost his mind. And, and then he was like, maybe I should stop talking. And Eric Armstrong was just kind of looking at him like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You should probably stop talking. Um, but I thought that that whole podcast was really interesting. But one of the things that he said was that he was a top five cornerback. And then he also gave a scenario. So first I want to 
ask you, do you think he's a top five to 10 level cornerback? And then I'll paint the scenario he gave you and have you answer that one. I, I think he's top 10. I do. Um, Trevor Ace Ward is good. I mean, I really like the signing. I was one of the guys who really liked it when the 49ers signed him. I thought this was a team-friendly contract when they got him um, because they're getting a player who was only 25 at the time entering his prime who had been a, he, he'd been a winner, but he's also been a guy who's sticking in coverage. The reason that players like Ward get underrated is because when you look at cornerbacks, you look at interceptions. Ward isn't a player who has gotten many interceptions in his career. He's broken up a lot of passes. But also, teams don't throw at him, or when they do, it's not that high of a rate. I think Ward is top 10. I think that there are a lot of good corners this year. I mean, you can talk about the Sauce Gardeners of the world, Jalen Johnson's of the world, all those type of players. But I think Ward is hes probably in the 5 to 10 range. Um, would probably put him somewhere around there. But yeah, I think he is a top 10 corner in the league. And the, the most important thing is he's, I think, 27. He's 27 or so. He's still got a, you know his prime in front of him. Yeah. I. I agree. I think especially this year, I feel like he's really ascended, which is kind of weird because I think he went through a small little lull. And I remember a couple of people kind of talking about feeling like he was disappointing. And then ever since then, he's just really skyrocketed. Um, and he said that about himself, too. When painting the scenario, he kind of said his thing is that he's more of a lockdown corner than an interception guy. But as a player, he said that he knows the interceptions are the most important. So um, Eric Armstead presented this question for Charvarius, and I'll give you his answer, and then I'll ask you which one you think is better. But he said, would you, rather would you rather have a game where you give up 150 yards, but you get two interceptions, but you're just – when you're not getting the interceptions, you're just getting totally, totally taken advantage of. Or would you have a rather have a game where you give up zero yards, like you're completely locked down, but you have no interceptions? And Charveris Ward's um, answer was that if he was about to get paid, about to be up for a contract, he would rather have the one where he has interceptions because he says interceptions matter more. And it helps give your team the opportunity to score 14 points if you get two. So you kind of make up for all the yards you're giving up. But he said he feels like his play, play style is more the lockdown guy. So he would go with that if it was just right now because he feels like that's more of his style. Um, but he that he wants to. Uh, he said his goal is to get a pick six by the end of the season. So which one do you think is better? And do you think one is more Charvers Ward style? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's essentially 150 yards, but you get two picks or kind of not giving up much, but you don't get picks. That's pretty much it. Um, I mean, it depends. If you're from a player perspective and a team perspective, I think the answer changes. Ward's answer was the 150 and two picks, but that makes sense. Why? Because in the NFL, how do cornerbacks get paid? They get paid by production, and mainly production is interceptions, right? If you are a ball hawk, you are going to get money in the NFL because teams want players that can play make and make plays in the biggest stage of the game. So that's the way that players likely go. As for me, especially with the team the 49ers have, I don't need that. You don't need, you know, uh, giving up explosives to get explosives. You can make explosives on your own. As a team, I think you prefer the cornerback that gives up nothing. Doesn't get interceptions, but gives up nothing because that puts full faith. In, or really, it gives your offense like a load of confidence. That's the way that I prefer it. But if you're a player, I think you absolutely go with what Ward said, understanding that that's probably what gets you paid. And you help your team out the same way you're hurting your team. I think you're like a like you're net zero in a way if you're giving up 150 yards and you get two picks because probably gave up two touchdowns and you get you get two picks. The other I way around it, the other way around it though, I think you're a net positive. Yeah, that's why I thought the lockdown would be better because like you're like maybe you're not giving but you're not taking away. It but is better yeah, from a team's perspective. I don't think it's better uh, like, but if you're talking about money, interceptions are yeah. money. You're, you're right on that one, because that's what, I mean, he was saying that too. He was like, just strictly, if you're about to get paid, you want the interceptions, it doesn't matter what you're giving up. I was like, oh, I didn't like, I don't know, just not a player. So I never thought about it from that perspective, because I think as a fan, you're so like drive to drive. So when it, someone gives up something, you're like, no, but I guess it makes sense, because when they get an interception, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's just about the highs and lows, like gets your name more recognition versus mm -hmm. um, just being a lockdown guy. But We'll move away from the Charberry's Ward conversation. And I wanted to ask you if you listened to a couple of the clips that Cam Newton uh, popped out with. He talked about um, 
Brock Purdy being, you know, uh, in MVP conversation. He also talked about a couple other guys. Uh, then he broke down his definition of game managers versus game changers. Uh, just initially, did you even hear that or have any uh, thoughts on that really quickly? Yeah, I heard um, a good portion of the conversation. Do you want to go first or should I go first? You can go first if you want. Do you, yeah. do you want us to break? Should should we tell people what he um, kind of said these things were really yeah, quickly? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for okay. it. Um, I think I wrote it down because I wanted to use kind of like how he described it. Because I think everyone's definition of these things are going to be different. And I think for this conversation, it's important to, you know, use his words because that's what he's doing. So for a game manager, he said the player the player has an ability to make the right play at the right time and protects, protects the football at all costs. Um, but he allows others to, to take over the game. He gave examples of uh, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady. Not saying that they're not physically capable of making great plays or that they can't make great plays, but they're not relied upon. Game changers are game or players that put the team on their back and that when you think of the team, you automatically think of that quarterback. And then he gave Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Aaron Rodgers. He also went into like truck and trailer metaphors. I don't want, do you want me to get into that or is that too much? Essentially, short story, he calls players like Mahomes the trucks because they can pull the weight of the team alongside them. Whereas players like Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, the game managers, he he had four. Purdy, Prescott, Tua, and Jared Goff. He calls them the trailers in that they don't hold the team back, but in, in a way, it's yeah, them riding alongside with the team. Successful. Exactly. Now, I think when people hear the word game manager, they immediately get defensive, especially when Brock Purdy's put in the range. I think Cam Newton's description, though, was I, at least it warrants conversation. I think it was a fairly solid description, not regarding the players. I think it's a fairly solid description when you talk about everything up until that truck portion. I think he's right because there are different ways that different players play the game and different ways that different players fit systems. I think Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, um, I, I think they're in a tier much above Jared Goff, in my opinion. Um, so yeah. I think you, you consider Purdy Prescott, maybe even you put Tua in that range, maybe Tua one rank below, but I think that those guys, you know, they are good when you're a system fit. That doesn't mean you're only a system fit, but you can't deny the fact that you are a good system fit because those quarterbacks are Dak Prescott is playing elite. Cam Newton mentioned that too. He, in my opinion, he might be the front runner. I, I might put him as the front runner for MVP. Uh, and even over the 49ers guys who I've seen every single game, who who I both believe are both warranting of MVP consideration. Dak Prescott might be the guy right now, especially if they end up pulling this this thing out and getting the one seed. So that, you know, it, it's intriguing. I think Cam Newton's comments are not wrong for the most part. Now, the place that I don't agree with Cam Newton is the truck and trailer comments, because I don't think that guys like Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott need a pinch onto their offense in order to succeed. I think Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott and those guys can be trucks. They can pull the weight of the offense alongside them. We've seen Prescott do it in the past. He has, you know, a good amount of experience and sure he's folded in some key moments in the past. Sure. But I think this year specifically, we've seen him play that well. And while Purdy, we don't have that big of a sample size to where he carries the offense, the fact of the matter is they don't really need him to do that. Maybe they do in the playoffs, and I think that ultimately dictates whether the 49ers win a Super Bowl. We'll see whether that happens. But he's shown us right now no reason not to kind of go along with it. We'll see how it goes in the playoffs. I'm very curious because that's kind of where I initially thought might where Purdy might face some issues. But well, I, I think that when you talk about Newton's comments, I think that, you know, there, there is a spin to it because you use the word game manager. And I think people immediately think of that negatively where Cam kind of mentioned, no, that's not negative. That's more of a, it is a positive also, comment. Though, I he did say, like, he used the word, I, I wrote this down because I, he was like in the middle of being like, I don't mean it bad. And then he also was like, he said, merely, he said a trailer merely has to be hooked or attached to something to make it go, where a truck pulls their team together and is the reason the team is having success. And I feel like when you use the word merely, merely has like a negative, like that's just like, ugh. Yeah, that's right. where I don't agree with the truck and trailer portion of it. Like I, I don't. Um, but because that I, initial I don't description is good. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. I think at least warrants a you know a, dis a, a discussion. I think it does. I thought the conversation, I thought the discussion as a whole was was definitely um, worthy. I know some people kind of that was part of his video was kind of like defending himself and his ability to even like make the comment. And I think that that was kind of ridiculous. I thought the, I mean, if I can talk about football, I think Cam Newton can talk about football. And I think that he made good points. Um, but I mean, I also think that other people have like the ability to critique his points and, and poke holes in it. Um, I, Kurt, Kurt Warner kind of talked about that. Like he quote tweeted it and said, well, when you're saying game manager, like, do you think, that one of these is better than the other. Like, and and I think the answer has to be yes, just given the playmakers that he put in both categories. And um, Kurt Warner kind of came back and said that he thought that that part was more offensive um, when when talking about game managers because um, maybe Kurt Warner considers himself more of a in the game manager style. I don't, I don't know why, but he kind of said, he asked the question, do you think one is better than the other? And so I wanted to ask you that. Um, I think just based on the player examples that Cam Newton gave, you would say potentially. But he also put uh, Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. Those quarterbacks are, you know, some of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL history. Uh, Tom Brady being the best, you know, the best in NFL history. So when you hear that, you're like, okay, well, teams would want that. What do you what do you think? I also found it interesting. Cam said the reason you know that one might be more basically saying one might be better than the other is because when you go to the draft, which which one are teams looking for? Teams are when they're drafting, they're looking for the next Mahomes, not the next Tom Brady. And I found that kind of bold of him to say, not saying it's wrong, but I found it bold. Yeah, I think when you talk about all these comments, there's a there is a distinction. When you bring in Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, those guys, you 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 see a difference, right? There is a difference between quarterbacks like those guys and quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, the new wave of quarterbacks, because the game is evolving, right? When you talk about it, people don't like the uh, the statue and pocket type quarterbacks that may not be able to create off script. I think that's what he points to as game managers, the guys who can execute really, really well on script, and that's all you expect them to do. That's where you bring in system because system is where you you know uh, you're, you're you're going through your progressions, you're getting through that offense, and all three systems. Um, when you talk about game managers that I, I consider in sim that similar kind of range, you talk about Tua, Dak, and Brock Purdy. I mean, those systems they elevate your quarterback's play. I mean, regardless of who it is, even if it's Tom Brady behind the helm, it's going to elevate his quarterback play because of how good that system can be. And I think that nowadays, though, I think that comment is true. Look at the quarterbacks that right now, you know, uh, got drafted in the last in, in the top five in this past draft. Anthony Richardson went at four. Richardson's a guy who's raw as a passer, but a really solid dual threat quarterback who has the ability to create off script with his legs and his arm. You talk about Bryce Young. He's a guy who many thought, you know, could also his his most dangerous ability was the off script ability, his accuracy and being that accurate while off script, at least entering the draft. And then CJ CJ Stroud, you know, he was there as well. And so I think that there is a distinction now when you look at quarterbacks, even in the even in the upcoming draft, the number one pick projected. Caleb Williams is a guy who is known for his off script ability and all of that. You talk about strong arm and you talk about things like that. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, they aren't necessarily known for their strong arm. They're known for their ability to win. They're known for their ability to be accurate, known for all the other kind of aspects. But now I think teams are kind of shifting towards a different quarterback MO when understanding the change dynamic of the game. That's kind of the way that I look at it. But I also think that in a way with him saying that, I don't think he's meaning game manager at all in a bad sense. I, I agree. And do you think... This was a separate conversation. I think when Cam Newton was talking, it was obvious. I mean, he put Brock Purdy in the game manager conversation. But someone, um, I think it was from NFL Network or something, quote tweeted, and they actually said that they would consider Brock Purdy not a game manager, but that they agreed with Cam Newton's premise and um, like categorization of the two categories, but that he would actually just put Brock Purdy in a different one. If you were... Currently, just based off of his work 
so far. And and maybe it's not fair to even put Brock Purdy in this conversation yet. Because when we're talking about Dak and we're talking about Tom Brady and all these guys, like they have extensive careers that you can right. look back on where Brock Purdy is still very early on. If Brock Purdy was to keep this level of production for another four or five years, would you would you consider him a game manager? Do you consider him a game manager now or a game changer? And if he carried this level of success in the future for multiple years, would that categorization change for you? Or do you think he's going to be a game manager no matter what? I mean, I don't really value the game manager, game change. I don't try and put the the one term kind of on a quarterback. To me, it doesn't matter. It's ultimately how well do you play in all aspects of the game, right? Because it's not like – because I think when you try and term a quarterback or a player into one specific category, you undermine his talents in all the other categories. It's not like Purdy is a statue. It's not like Dak is a statue or anything like that. We've seen Purdy gut it out go ahead, dive first down, scramble. We've seen the different things. We've seen him create off script. I mean, a couple of his throws in the last game was honest, you know, when he's rolling out to his left after evading the pocket, he hits Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk for deep 30 yard passes. So I think that it's, un it's unfair to undermine him and kind of call him one moniker. It's just, that's the norm because when you try and sum up his game, I guess that's what people kind of uh, go go towards to. And so that's that's kind of the way that I look at it. I don't try and kind of decipher it to one word or one kind of phrase because I think that there are so many different aspects that you can value out of quarterbacks games. Um, but when you talk about the way that other people are talking about it, Purdy's physical attributes aren't going to change. I think that that's kind of the main reason people kind of categorize him in one area over another. His physical attributes aren't going to change. It's not like he's going to throw, or sorry, he's not going to, you know, generate well, more strength. He's not going to, you know, create a four, four speed out of nowhere. It's not like those factors are going to happen. Yeah, it's the other crazy. factors that are going to, it's him as a passer and him as a, a student of the game. That's really what's going to accelerate over the years. So I don't know if necessarily people are going to change their idea of him, but they might soften their stance when understanding how good of a quarterback he potentially could be in the future. I agree. And I, I mean, I'm interested. It's still like kind of hilarious. Brock Purdy hasn't had an off season where he wasn't injured. So I do wonder if he will continue to add to his arm strength a little bit. Like I've, I imagine that there's kind of like a physical limit with that within your like innate capability. And obviously he's probably worked on that his whole entire life and his whole entire career. But I know that he was able to add, add arm strength in that off season from draft to, to NFL. And last year, um, he wasn't, he was focusing on rehab, but he was asked about that today or yesterday in his press conference and talked about how those rehab exercises have actually helped him in his, in his opinion, be able to throw the ball differently, which has helped him with velocity, um, mm -hmm. getting to know different smaller muscles within his arm and his shoulder, which I found to be cool insight that he touched on and potentially something he could continue to grow with. Um, I think we've seen his arm get stronger over the year. And he even kind of said that following um guy who's playing right now, Nick Mullins, uh, yeah. advice that his his arm did have a bit of a dip and that he's progressively gotten better over the last couple of months. Um, but I'm going to transition when we're talking about Brock Purdy's playmakers. Christian McCaffrey seemed in his interview to be um, a little bit annoyed that he ran all the way down the field and then uh jordan mason got in there for a touchdown i think kyle oh. shanahan might have realized that it wasn't the best decision because later on in the game when debo got all the way down to like the first yard line then instead of putting someone else to run it running in he let debo run it in and um when asked if he was angry that he didn't get that touchdown uh, Chris McCaffrey said, yeah, like he was pretty, like he was, I think he's just kind of a more serious guy. So it's kind of hard to be like, okay, are you joking? Are you just answering this? Like being hard on yourself? Like, oh, I'm mad that I didn't get in type of thing, but he was very, uh, firm and, and had a short answer and he was just like, yeah, I'm mad. I should have gotten in. Should have. So, um, yeah, I, I, I know the comments you're talking about. They're interesting. I think they were right after the game or the day after the game or something like that. Um, and to me, I think I view it in one way. I think he was kind of just trying to be open about the motions during the game because you just ran 73 yards. You normally score the first touchdown or a touchdown. Obviously didn't. And I think he was also trying to categorize why Shanahan did it. 
Um, obviously, you're running there. You want to set him out of play, take a breather. Unfortunately, it was only one play for the touchdown. Mason punched it in. Uh, cool moment. Do I care? Well, not really. Um, personally, though, I, I do. I do want to give Christian McCaffrey the touchdown. Um, you know, just continue those kind of records. The try and try and cement his continued status and things like that. But uh, do I really care? Not really. Um, I, I don't think McCaffrey truly cares either. Like after after the after the game kind of type of thing, he's going to come back, attack the same mindset, and probably now beg Kyle to keep him in the game to score the touchdown if he gets it on this drive. But um, yeah, uh, it, it's an intriguing thing for sure uh, because you usually see Kyle run, ride with the, you know his star players and things like that. And I think he would if the game had or if it was later in the game if the game had more importance to it at the moment. But yeah, that's the, it's all right. So I, you might not have cared, but I know someone who's in the chat right now who definitely would care. I don't think he, he's having a debate about something completely different, but Mr. Blue Magic came on when I did a call-in show last week because uh, you were out doing some crazy stuff because you're doing crazy stuff every weekend. Um, and by crazy, I mean being very productive and you always have a million things going on. But he said that Chris McCaffrey was going to have a touchdown in the over-under game. So I'm going to ask you, do you think Chris McCaffrey will have a touchdown in this game? Oh, I'm hammering the over. I don't care. Christian right. McCaffrey, could like he could break his ankle and I'd still take everyone. the touchdown. Yeah. No. I, I'm, I'm hammering the over. That's, that, that, that's what I got to do. I... Am too. I completely agree. I think this is going to be, even though I do think that the 49ers have kind of built up the Cardinals with their words um, in their, in their, the way that they've addressed them. And and I do think Kyler Murray, someone in the chat was asking like, who's a better player, Kyler Murray, Murray or Brock Purdy. I think Kyler Murray's so crazy talented, um, but just the team in general is lacking a lot of ability. I think the only like real playmaker on their offense is probably like Trey McBride. And then for defensively, I I kind of think Buda Baker, but he's old and we've seen uh, George Kittle like stiff arm him and him not make as much of an impact. So I think in the beginning of the year, they were playing very feisty. And I definitely think the coaching change is great for them. And, and the players seem to play hard for Jonathan Gannon, right? Seem mm -hmm. to play, play hard for him, which is great because um, I know in the offseason, people were kind of, making fun of him because he seemed a little bit dorky or whatever. Uh, but I think right now, just like talent wise, they're so deprived compared to the 49ers that I think the 49ers are going to win by, you know, more than 12 uh, is, is my prediction. Do you think that Kyler Murray will turn the ball over, over under 0.5 interceptions for Kyler Murray? Mm, you're going the Kyler route. Uh, I mean, 49ers, one of the best teams at generating interceptions well, yeah, I think they're top three or so at generating interceptions, but they generate turnovers in general. And if you talk about Kyler, I believe he has two picks. He hasn't turned the ball over, I believe, in the last two games. I'm not sure if he's fumbled or not. Um, I am going to go with no. I, I don't think Kyler turns the ball over interceptions-wise. I, I think that he's going to – I think the game plan probably is going to try and get the ball quick, You know, utilize his speed, things like that. We'll probably go with the no, which is might be a hot take. I'm not sure. I was gonna, I was gonna say yeah, but I liked your reasoning. I liked your reasoning. I thought, I felt like you gave a good reason. What do you think that the Cardinals' strategy for success against this 49ers defense is going to be? Uh, probably going to try and use James Conner. Um, I think that that's probably the way you look at it. Uh, I think last week or the week before, um, when they. They last played. They played uh, yeah, Pittsburgh. They beat a good team not too long ago. Yeah, they right? played Pittsburgh. They beat Pittsburgh um, two weeks ago, um, and in that game, it was just pounding the ball. They threw. They ran the ball thirty nine times in that game. Twenty five came from James Conner. So I'm expecting. You know, I don't think that they they necessarily care about the average. They're going to try and pound the ball, uh, kind of grind the game out, kind of win in that way. And I think that right now they're going to try and exploit the matchup. Up front, defensive tackles, not there. Run the ball inside. I like that. I like that. So James Conner over under. If I want to do two touchdowns, do I go 1.5? Okay. 
Uh, no, I'll go under. I don't think they score that much. Um, I don't think they'll score the 24 points that they scored against Pittsburgh where Connor had to. I, I, I would not be surprised at all if he gets one, but I'll probably go with the under on the one and a half. Okay, I want to go. I'll go under too. I just wanted to make it a little bit more exciting. A little more exciting, um, yeah. Do you think that this will be a bigger, like, Debo Kittle type game, more yards after the catch, or do you think it's going to be a more IU down the field game? And I'll have you answer that while also answering over under 0.5 touchdowns for Brandon IU. Ah, okay. Um, that's a good way to put it. I think the game that you kind of kind of look to uh, when you talk about who's kind of going to be for the Rams game, because um, the Rams played the Cardinals three weeks ago. Maybe there's, it was their second to last game. Um, and the Rams, like they, they ran the ball at high rate. The Rams don't usually run the ball that successfully, but with Kyron Williams back, he had uh, like nearly 150 yards. He had multiple touchdowns in that game, and then he had 60 yards receiving. I think that this is going to just be an equal dosage game with a lot of running. I think the 49ers are going to try and exploit that run game. Uh, you know the advantage that they have there with Christian McCaffrey, and then in the in the air, I mean, I think you you do expect some some magic. I mean, you, you talk about the beginning of the year, they scored 35 points on this on the same team, and how did they get the 35 points in that game? Well, Ayuk, I mean, he had 150 yards almost, but McCaffrey scored four touchdowns, right? Um, that one, obviously, not as spread out. I think that, though, you'll see a little bit more of a spread out game. I think um, you do see Debo get, you know, a solid amount. Ayuk for the touchdown, I will probably go with the under. I think that one of the one of the other three is going to somehow score um, the majority of the touchdowns in this one. So I'll go with the under for Ayuk, but I think it's going to be a pretty successful game for um, the weapons overall. I like this. Okay, over under Sam over under um, multiple drive Sam Darnold Sam Darnold sightings. Sam for multiple. Um, I'll yeah. go under. I'll go under because uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, just go under. Uh, oh, multiple. Yeah, I'll go under. I'll go I mean, under. I'll say it's one drive. What I'm trying to say is like not like he won't just be like kneeling the ball at the end. Like, mm -hmm. do you think he'll mm -hmm. actually be in for like a quarter because they'll be taking their guys out? Or not a quarter, I think I'll but... see him play one drive. So yeah, I'll go with the under there. I'm also gonna go under. I agree with you. I think he'll if he does go in that it'll be like the final the final drive. Um, mm -hmm. but that would be really nice if they could if they could take him out earlier. Um, I like that prediction, Randy. And then I'm going to say over under 0.5 uh, touchdowns for George Kittle. And I'm going to, I'm excited to give my answer because. You're saying, oh, for George? Um, yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely see it. He didn't have a big game the last time they played the Cardinals. Um, obviously, we'll go up against Buda Baker, but. Like Debo, I mean, he's had a couple of really solid games this year. He's coming off a game where he uh, had a touchdown, 76 yards against Seattle. Um, I will go with – I'll go with over. Sure, why not? Just go with the over. Uh, I usually don't for Kittle, so I'll go with the over here. Um, I'm going to go under. Uh, Arizona actually gives up the third fewest yards to tight ends, which I thought was kind of interesting. when I Once again, when I was trying to look at if they did anything well at all, that kind of um, pulled up, and then I saw that George Kittle didn't do too well. Not like didn't do too well, but didn't score on them last game. So I think maybe he'll be in blocking blocking a little bit more, or just the ball will be going more to Debo, more to um, Christian McCaffrey. And I, I did do the over for Brandon Ayuk. So I think you and I are – that's where we separate a little bit with that. Kittle's um, gonna have two catches, fifteen yards, and a touchdown. Just despite yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're so right. You're so that's a that's such a um that's that's such a George Kittle game. You're right. So and, and was it in the beginning of the year that was it you or I? One of us was always wrong on George Kittle. Like that was just breaking us. Yeah, I, I, it's probably me. I'm not usually right with these over unders, so it was definitely probably me. Okay, and then. Kyler Murray, really uh, shifty, shifty dude. And we kind of talked about that for the 49ers defense to have success against him, that they might be focusing more on containing him. Um, 49ers have actually done fairly well against mobile quarterbacks this year, which is a surprising change from um, maybe the past and the narrative on this team. Now, I think the two mobile quarterbacks that they're about to see are going to be their biggest 
when we talk about like biggest tests, I think Kyler Murray and then mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, there's no one in the league like him. So um, do you think that, I wonder if I should go Nick Bosa or just Dila? Yeah, I'll go, okay, over under 0.5 sacks for Nick Bosa. Well, I'll go under. I think it's more of a contained approach this week, and I, I'm sure somebody gets a sack. I'll just go under, though, for Nick Bosa for this one. Okay. See, I was I was thinking about pairing uh, Chase Young and Nick Bosa together and going over under 0.5 for both of them. Would you have changed your answer if I did that? Probably, yeah. Just because the luck that one of the two guys that will likely get a sack gets it, yeah, I probably would go over there. I like that. I like that. Okay. Um, and then over under, let's do a 0.5 interceptions for um, Jair Brown. He has had a knack for the football. He's done so well. I feel uh, earlier this week I had him as my like underrated player. I thought he's stepped in really well for Hafunga. Um, obviously given up some, you know, someone in the comments was like, he's also given up plays, but kind of when we're talking about the Charveris Ward thing, he seems right. to give up and then also take away. So, so unfortunately, since I went with the under, for Murray's interceptions, I'm gonna go with the under here too. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's fine. Well, it could be a like a fumble recovery from James Connor because you said James maybe, Connor. Maybe, yeah. We'll see. You're but right. excited to see how he plays too this week. See, I went over for Kyler Murray, so I'm gonna go over for Jair Brown. Uh, so that that um that wraps up the over under game. I think unless you had any other ones that you wanted to quickly. No, we covered on. a lot of them. Um, I'm hoping at least. One hits. If one hits for me, I'll be happy this week. CMC, get a touchdown, please. There we go. Do you have a score prediction or a general idea of what you think, how how you think the game's going to turn out close? Yeah. Close? Uh, Niners, um, you know, they're 14 point favorites in this one. Uh, 14 okay. points is, you know, pretty, pretty stark. All day. People are probably like, what are you talking about? Oh, My yeah. It might, uh, yeah. I mean, it might be 12 point, one of, the, one of them. 12, 14 point favorites. Is it 12 point favorites, a I lot. think it is He's- right now? Yeah, um, so I will say I'll take the Niners to cover the spread. I think they win by at least 12 points. I like that. I like that. I want to go 35-16 maybe. Give them – I don't even know if that's too much for them. What's like 7 plus 3? 10-6. Sorry, that was ridiculous. Um yeah, because I don't know. I was thinking 16 years. So I was like, oh, they could. But I just don't think that they're going to get. Maybe, maybe. But I'm going to go, oh, let's do this. Over under Jake Moody, any missed kicks. Whether it's a mixed point or missed miss field goal. You're a Is negative that... person. Sorry. You're praying on Jake Moody to miss a kick? <laughs> oh, no. But um, uh, let's think about it. So Moody, I mean, it's been all right. He's 17 and 20. Score lots of touchdowns, so he's going to do lots That's of extra fair. points. You know what I mean? I think he'll get a lot of extra points. So because of that, I'll say but no, no miss kicks, no miss kicks, because I don't. Moody hasn't missed an extra point all year. He also hasn't missed, I believe, since the bye. So I'll go with no. There we go. See, I'm feeling positive. It's a Saturday. Um, but now that you brought it up. I'm sure there's some BS that's going to happen at some point. <laughs> if it happens, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Um, okay. I, oh, someone said uh, – I thought someone was saying that their mom was in the hospital, but they would just said that their mom was born in Long Island uh, College Hospital, which is something completely different. But I was like, oh, my God, this is so sad. Um, <laughs> but – Anyways, that's why you shouldn't look at the comments at the very end. I hope that everyone has a wonderful Saturday, um, has a good time watching the rest of whatever games are playing, and a really good time tomorrow. Um, I am also expecting, I think I get my prediction, I said 35-10. 35-10, um, yeah. Changed it. If it's 35-16, I want to claim both of them. I, I like to give two scores. I like to give two scores. <laughs> um, just to really cover my bases. Thank you so much. Everyone should go subscri- like, subscribe to Rohan's channel. I bet most of you are here from his channel. Also go follow him on Twitter, read all his articles. He was so flexible with me today. I changed the time like four times, uh, which I try to be good about, but he was so understanding. Uh, so it was really nice to have everyone here in the chat and to be able to do the show with Rohan. Uh, we missed him last week. Uh, Mr. Blue Magic did a good job calling in and filling in for you, but uh enjoyed having having you on here so everyone go um 
subscribe to him, like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll have a video out tomorrow reacting to the game. And then I'll be on with Eric Crocker and Steph Sanchez on Monday. So make sure to like and subscribe, turn on notifications for me, for Rohan, and to um, follow us both on our social medias. I'll have them in the description of this video. Yeah, Absolutely. Thanks. Nope. Sick. Have a good Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.